from the creators of Relevant Magazine, this is The Relevant Podcast. It's Tuesday, June 18th, 2019, and it's The Relevant Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and here with me on the ones and twos, our fill-in engineer, Clark Flippo. Hey. Uh, Chandler is late once again. Um, oh, happy birthday, Chandler. <laughs> it, I mean, it really was his birthday yesterday. Yes, it, it really was. was, and now he'll get nothing, even if he shows up halfway during the show. Not a word. Yeah, not a word. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> over there on the Skype line from Loverland, Virginia, Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. Joining us from Gatorland, Florida, Eddie Big Cat Coffolds. Bless you. Bless all of you. And all the way from Nashville, Tennessee, author, speaker, podcaster, cowgirl extraordinaire, Annie F. Downs. Good morning, gents. Good morning, gents. Yes. Yeah, it was indeed Chandler's 32nd birthday yesterday. When, uh, uh, and Father's Day. And Father's Day, yeah. Uh, huh. The day he was born was actually Father's Day, so my dad likes to say he's the best Father's Day person. <laughs> but last year, Cameron got his dad a really cool briefcase, and now that is the best Father's <laughs> Day person. So, I mean, it's a really nice one. It's like leather. It's like it's like the briefcase that if you were doing a deal and needed to give someone $200,000, right. you would open it up, and they would all be in there, and they're like, wow, that's a fantastic briefcase. It has a handcuff case. for your wrist in case you get in a sticky situation. <laughs> I mean, it's a... It's so no offense, Chandler, but I mean, it was a very nice gift, Cameron. Oh, he, won't, a, hear, he won't hear this. He's as a little this. as a little low hanging fruit joke for uh, for Chandler. I you know posted a little joke message on Twitter, and I did all the tags in it were different Pokemon tags. Oh Let's wow! Say I have some interesting new followers that are pretty into the gaming community. <laughs> I had I had you know I had bought Chandler a one thousand dollar. Uh, give, dollar uh, gift card to Chili's, which now I'll be using because of his tardiness as punishment. <laughs> those those are all mine. It was a very generous gift this yeah, year. I mean, and now we had a mine. big birthday celebration planned for the very beginning of this show, and I guess we just have to move on and return yeah, all the presents. So sad. <laughs> Sadly, there's just like an intern walking out of the building with balloons, seeing if they can return them. Right. It's all very sad. <laughs> yeah, see if they can return them. Yeah. yeah, hey, Hey Clark, can you send Sufian Stevens home? He was gonna—he was gonna do a little something for Chandler. They're both guys that like interesting baseball hats, and now that's ruined. So just send him on his way. Well, maybe next year. Maybe next year. Maybe next year. You guys um, uh, missed last uh, Friday's uh, show. We missed you very much. Um, what happened was Jesse <laughs> oh, and Tyler I and I were at the very end of our sending our hundredth issue to the printer. Yeah, and there we is nothing. All, there is no podcast like a print is read, ready to go to print podcast. There yeah. is a special crazy that permeates the. Well, mm-hmm. Jesse poses. gets up at five in the morning to work. I'm working till two in the morning. Yeah. Uh, you know, like none of us are on our regular. <laughs> You know, <laughs> it's very true. Actually, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. We, no, like no, no. delirium. We were we were basically delirious and recording punchy. that podcast. Right before we started recording, for the first time ever, I heard Jesse get a little snippy to the point that he sent me a message saying, "Man, I'm really I sorry, so snippy before the podcast." I mean. <laughs> It was a I'm rare one. Sorry, I it wasn't was, here for that. No, no, no. I know. Well, I mean, Jesse, I've one. heard you apologize before. I just wanted to hear you do that to Cameron. It was, no, a, it was, I, it was well, a good it, one to it, miss. Is all I'm yeah, saying. Yeah. Well, that's the uh, thing. Yeah, the We've internet been... again. Two weeks in a row. The internet is the Twitter particularly is real 
concerned about when I miss the show as if I'm some sort of social emotional policewoman on yeah. the show, which right. I am not. I am just another co-host. But... I know, but, but you would have had enough with this. You would have been like, <laughs> sure. okay, can I'm I tell sure. you what? Can I? Okay. For I'm Don't not going to go. Again. D- I'm not going to go too deep into no, it. We're not. Oh, but most gosh. of the show consisted of us pitching fictional shows for a cable network called Bushwhack TV. Yeah, and every show up. had to feature George W. Bush prominently. And people started sending. We didn't even have an editorial question week. It was the Friday show. And people started sending us what shows they would want to pitch as if that was mm-hmm. the editorial question week. So we got well, a little mm-hmm. bonus. What I really love about like not being on one show is because I'll usually listen back to at least like front matter and the end just to kind of make sure that I'm keeping up with all the jokes and everything. But when I don't do that and then I see the editorial question of the week answers that we're going to talk about today, I always think what had to happen to get there? How did they get from A to Z in a single show? And Uh sure, we'll, we'll answer these questions. Let's reverse engineer it. Yeah. let's For for the first time ever in the middle of the interview segment, uh, it, it went off the rails. I mean, it was, oh, yeah. yeah, it yeah, was, uh, I heard all this. I heard all this from um, Annie to your point earlier. Uh, when, when I'm not on the show, you know what people say about me? Hmm. They say, great having Tyler back. It's <laughs> great having Tyler. <laughs> this week, uh, someone oh. said something about like, Annie, where were you? And even, and they were like, or Jamie Ivy. Like at this point, they just want some female <laughs> in here to help, which I love Jamie being on the show too. I just was tripping out. I thought it was so funny. I well, was Jamie, like, most of the, most of the off the rails had to do with Texas specific content. And so that's yeah. why I yeah, think. Which would have been helpful with Jamie. <laughs> right in her wheelhouse. Yeah. It well, is though. Is nothing sacred if the interview goes off the rails? Like at that point, right. you just the, the 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 guest is just like, no, no, no. I cannot. I did not <laughs> sign up for this terrible thing. I I really wanted our team to intentionally misspell Max Lucado's name in the show title so that his people would not like get a Google News alert that the inter- that the interview is ready and go <laughs> right. listen to it because most of the interview once again talked about hypothetical George Bush TV shows. <laughs> Out of the last two episodes that Cameron. T- Tyler and I have recorded on our own. Ninety-four yeah. percent of the content was either about a Rambo yep. movie trailer or fictional George W. Bush TV mm-hmm. show. So I mm-hmm. feel like today is a good chance to course correct a little. We, yeah, Thanks right. this is guys. this is the pivot. Uh, if you're listening now, uh, this is a good one to listen to because this is the one that's back on track. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yet, yet we will still somehow, if the show is anything like it should be, we'll still figure out how to get to an editorial question of the week that has to do with like, what would you do with a stuffed elephant or something like that? Like, <laughs> that's, that's where we're going to get to. Is it yeah, an actual right. sized elephant? Like a stuffed, <laughs> like a, an actual elephant sized stuffed yeah. animal? What would you, the, what would you stuff it with? That's a lot of stuffing. Candy. Elephant. That's part two of the question. Hey, it's elephant it's meat. Oh, yeah. gosh. Just see, if I wouldn't have been here, they'd have just kept laughing because what everybody should know is that both dudes laughed at, at Jesse saying that. And I was immediately offended at the idea of that. No, you Sweet, just do it like delicious, stop, endangered awful. elephant meat. Gross. If there's anything we know about the differences between men and women, it's the reactions to elephant meat. Yeah. yeah, that's, like, that's, yeah. That's Here's one thing right I've learned there. the more endangered the meat, the sweeter oh. it is. It is Ew. just, yeah. Just when Jesse and I were in Somaliland, there was this, there's literally like one restaurant, you know, at, at the one hotel. Yeah. And, yeah. um, and it, it was one of those, it was almost a Cheesecake Factory esque thickness of the menu. Okay. Yeah. Because it was page after page after page of exotic meats that, yeah. 
no American <laughs> could, could normally mm-hmm. uh, acquire. I did. I did the tour of Italy that evening and sampled all of the endangered meats of the, horn, we, of the Horn of Africa. We, it was called the Horn of Africa. Yeah, it was. Ooh, not- look at this! Now I'm on the primate page. What do we have here? An endangered spider monkey? Yes, please. Uh, coming up later, we have a great show in store for you. Coming up, joining us uh, is Tim Tebow. Yes, go Gators! Come on, he, Tim. He Tebow. discusses the new film he's executive produced called Run the Race. Yeah, Mr. Tim Tebow. One, one of the only people I've ever seen in person that made me clam up hard. Like, why he did you wa- clam up? Because he's like just such a great gator, and he's just you know awesome dude. <laughs> and I was like not expecting it, but he walked into the room I was in, and it was like I just it was like total frozen. And I I never I, I never had the wherewithal to say like, hey Tim, you mean so much to me in the Gator Nation, and you're oh, people. Oh, <laughs> were you physically so intimidated? Yeah. Was I physically? Oh, oh yeah. I mean, in, in terms He's of an Adonis, the, yeah. the physical opposite of Tim Tebow, I guess, is me. Um, <laughs> and so, <laughs> yeah. Andy, you fit her. You, yeah, he's the only person that I've yelled very unkind things to from a sidelines that I've later become friends with. So it yeah. is very, um, very surprising. But did I think he recogni- he's awesome. Did he voice recognize you? He's like, is that the same voice I heard in 2003? Probably. I remember. I remember. Shout profanities at me real quick. <laughs> just as loud as you can. I and, did not shout profanities. Yeah. But did you go to the Florida dur- Georgia game? Uh-huh. Like in Jacksonville when he was playing? Yeah, it was never That's directed incredible. at Tim Tebow as a human. Just oh, as a, just as a, so I'm sure that, but I'm, now Annie, I think I'm he's sure incredibly he's, lovely and I'm glad we know each other. And we've, he and I have already talked about recovering from our Georgia, Florida ness. So Annie, I'm right. sure when you're shouting mean things about him and his family and his appearance, <laughs> And his throwing motion. I'm sure he thinks that that's all, that's not personal at all. So no, 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 no. no. That that is the fine line between your heckling Annie and Cameron's uh, Orlando Magic heckling. Like Orlando, Cameron goes for just deep personal details of like their children's <laughs> from names. Six and feet away. From six not, feet away. <laughs> I do not. I make fun, if they airball it, I'm going to be on them the rest of the game. But that was they, yeah. they right. asked for it. I'm not going to go arbitrarily heckle somebody. I'm going to heckle somebody. This is always where we come apart at the seams is because I don't it. think they ask for it necessarily just hey, by playing If you're a making sport. $15 million a year to yeah. play right. a game right. that children play, always, yeah. I feel like, I feel like <laughs> this comes with the territory. I don't, yeah. I don't feel all that bad for them. If you, you fall know? down right yeah, in front know. of me and look me in the eye with embarrassment, I'm going to heckle you the rest of the game. I'm going to remind you That's of that moment. That's good for me to know in real life Listen. if I ever fall down right in front of you and then look you in the eyes, I'm going to get heckled for the rest of my life. Annie, listen, for me, that rule, if you fall down in front of me, look me in the eyes as you're falling, that Uh applies whether you are an NBA superstar or whether you're an elderly person at the grocery store. You're getting the same treatment. (laughs) A good hearty laugh on my part, and then I just go on my way. So that's the difference between you and I, Annie. We can just laugh at what the world presents us with. Uh, Jesse, a little behind the scenes, uh, Jesse hasn't done the Tim Tebow interview yet. I have a request. Mm -hmm. Could you ask him his actual feelings about game heckling and then being heckled oh, no. and stuff. Yes. I, mean, so I actually would I'm, like to I'm making a note. I will do that. I but will, then I'm, later, the person actively apologizing to your actual ears and recovering in friendship. That's the I, full story. No, and I'm going to say, and I talked to someone who's actually apologized, and I know for a fact, Tim, it was insincere. She no. said that. <laughs> she said that. 
She was just uncomfortable. She's the type of person who laughs at when an elderly person falls at the grocery store. She told me this, Tim. She yeah. is a is a horrible. Oh, I'm gonna hate all of this. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to beat you to communicate. And her with name. Tim. Her name is Annie F. Downs. Her name yeah. is Annie F. Downs. J- Jesse, will you ask him this question for me? Sure, sure. Ask him if he remembers that time that he did that awesome pass, like when he jumped over the, the LSU pass. pile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and but the question is, does he remember that I was there? <laughs> and, uh, and, my name is, and my name is Eddie. And I was pretty high up. I assume you remember the jump pass. I perform it every time I play backyard football, and I'm wearing One jeans. I'm farving it out there. Do you remember Eddie was there that afternoon? The jump pass. You remember I'm the jump pass? Jeans. Listen, <laughs> when I play backyard football, you know everyone's out there in gym clothes. I'm out there in Wranglers and a torn up shirt that I just been you know bailing oh, yeah, hay with are. all afternoon. That's oh, how. You, that's how. That's, that's how you play football. And I got you know, and I got. For some reason, I got a golden retriever lined up at the line of scrimmage. I go pure Brett Favre if I'm playing backyard football, guys. <laughs> All right. Golden well, Tim Tebow joins us later. Okay. Moving the show along. Stay tuned. Up next, it's Slices. Josh Little of Bozeman, Montana is 23 years old, but he's been an avid rock climber since he was seven. However, a few years ago, he experienced a horrific accident falling 70 feet off of a cliff. They had to put me on a backboard and get me about a mile, mile and a half out uh, before they could get to an actual even um, landing site for the helicopter for Mercy Flight. Miraculously, Josh survived, but he broke bones throughout his body and suffered a series of very serious injuries. Thankfully, his family are members of Samaritan Ministries, and while Josh was on the long road to recovery in the hospital, his family called Samaritan, who helped them navigate all of his healthcare needs, and even some of their spiritual ones. It, it was incredible, actually. Um, I was just talking with mom the other day, actually, and she was saying that, like, she broke down once or twice like while I was in the ICU and they just stopped what they were doing right there and just stopped and prayed with her and made sure she was okay because um, she was handling a lot of the logistics while I was you know in the ICU just healing comparatively to just about any other thing I've ever heard of um, yeah it's incredible it really is it's a personalized version of the Samaritan story which is what I would deem to be one of the better ways to do things in any capacity, whether it be ministry or um, just sharing in each other's burdens. Um, We are the church and we are unified through Christ. They really help you step by step through just about any situation you can think of. You know, in addition to Samaritan members helping one another with medical costs, one of the other cool things is you're plugged into this community of like-minded people. Tell me about some of the letters of support you received while you were recovering. Yeah, I've got a stack of about, I don't know, three, four feet tall. That's all just um, letters that came with our shares from Samaritan. Just reading all the different notes and like where different people are from and what they're at and how they you know, operate and, hey, I had a sudden fall as well. Um, I know what you're going through. Um, God's got this, you know, like it was just really cool to hear a lot of um, actual heart and good hearted people from a church, you know, like basically they're fellow believers um, with you in the whole thing. So it's, it's 
really cool to hear and read. And I mean, some even, some even left contacts if I ever wanted to meet up with them at some point. Wow. So, I mean, it's pretty cool. It's, it's a, it's a cool thing to be able to experience as you're going through healings, like sometimes feeling like you're never going to be fixed again. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. it's just really good for the mental state and, and, uh, yeah, for the spirit. If you would like to learn more about how you can be part of this ministry, helping each other with healthcare, visit SamaritanMinistries.org slash relevant. You're listening to Banks. The song is Gimme. At the beginning of the podcast, of course, you heard DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince with Summertime, because it is. Okay, it's time for slices. What do you have, Jesse? All right, well, guess what? It's a two for it's happening. Um, okay, so the first one comes us from, it comes to us from the quaint little Irish island of Aranmore. It sounds like someone from like Middle Earth or like Say, that, say that 10 times fast. Aaron or Moore. one time slowly, even. <laughs> <laughs> or just once, correctly. <laughs> let me start Let me start from the beginning. Tim Tebow's on the show today, and I got a twofer. Aaron Moore. It's, quaint, it, it's very picturesque. It's got those, like, when you picture Ireland in your mind, like any kind of movie that takes place. And, and Annie, you've, you've been to Ireland relatively yeah. recent, recently, correct? Yes. Yeah, Scotland is where I used to live, but I I go to Ireland when I'm over there sometimes. Yeah, yeah. The, the, it's, in my mind they're the same place. I I, I know I, I can't tell you anything American different about them, but that's okay. Uh, so it's it's got those big cliffs that go into the ocean. It's got the you know those green rolling hills, little cottages tucked away into yeah. the mountains. You're it looks that. just like you picture Ireland in literally anything you've ever seen with Ireland you, in it. Okay? You too. Yeah, exactly. You two's just hanging out at pubs, uh, playing, <laughs> uh, you know, classics. Uh, so they have a problem, though. Mm. The population of this island, which is a decent sized island, uh, but you know, it, it's got a lot of a lot of like wilderness area to it, uh, is down to its last four hundred and sixty nine residents. So this once bustling island for for since medieval times has been a really popular place to live, but people don't want to live there anymore. The weather's not super great, and you're on an island. You're you're you know you don't have quick access to the rest of the world. But they have good news. They just got high speed internet wired into this island, and so to celebrate this for the first time ever. For the first time ever, they have just got high-speed internet. And so now they are doing something to try to save the island because it's slowly dying. They have, they've got under 500 people there left. So the, the mayor has drafted an open letter, and he's trying to recruit. Right now, he's targeting Americans and Australians to come and live on this island and, you know, work remotely. Uh, and so here, here are, you know, some of the, the, the selling points for moving to this island. He says that, uh, that, you know, why not come here? Your commute, no matter where you are, will only ever be five minutes because the village is really small. He yeah. said, fed up with over, overpacked beaches on Aaron Moore, you'll have your own secluded beaches to yourself. And listen, if you want to go and work like in like the kind of the, the tech or media industry, he's got good news. Jesse, a graphic designer, lives there. Neil, a mobile <laughs> games developer. And Matt, an app developer. And Elaine, a photographer. 
The entire media industry is on a first name basis on Aaron Moore. So you can go and work freelance. Yeah. So I was just curious. I'm not planning on uh, relocating to Aaron Moore anytime, but I was curious of like, okay, well, how much would it cost? Like hypothetically, if you were to just like, you know, if you could, you know, work from anywhere, if you wanted to live on this like idyllic Irish island out in the middle of whatever sea that is, you know, how much would it cost? renting a room or having a place to stay there isn't much. So I couldn't find a lot of like rooms to rent or houses for sale, but there are a lot of Airbnbs on there starting at the price. Why are there Airbnbs? Because people own the homes and just left. I guess so. There's just like nothing but empty buildings. Wow. And so uh, Airbnbs start at $25 a night. Oh my gosh. Well, they do do in New York too, but you get what you pay for. So yeah. Yeah, so $25 a night. So basically, <clears throat> for under like 800 bucks a month, you can go have high-speed internet and live on this crazy, uh, secluded Irish island. Uh, no word yet if any Americans or Australians have taken them up on the Forgive offer. Forgive me if you said this. I don't remember what... It's an island off of what side of Ireland? Ooh, uh, One, mean, we didn't know Ireland had sides until you just yeah. said it. Um, <laughs> so what, so hey, let's be honest. It, what, let me ask you this. What an island. My, Annie, let me ask you this. What are the what are my <laughs> options here? Uh, I'm going to say north, northeast. But what, northeast. What's, what's newsworthy about this? Is this like when the mayor oh. of Detroit said, like, come to Detroit and we yeah. will give you yeah. houses for yeah. free? I mean, like, like it's just saying they haven't, gotten, they haven't gotten to that point yet where they, they don't have like the enticement other than just like, oh, we've this looks now. like something out of a fantasy novel. Oh, like okay. this looks like uh, basically it looks like if you were to picture like Lord of the Rings or something like the pictures of Aaron Moore are completely insane. And like I said, housing basically costs nothing. But they've gotten to the point where they're getting so desperate that they're the mayor is pinning open letters to Americans and Australians Whoa. to come relocate. Can I there. just help everyone by saying? It's you were right. It's the north. It's north, off the northwest coast. Northwest. Of yeah. 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 You knew that. Yeah. You knew that. Eddie. Did, yeah. I didn't hear you. Did you say northwest? Yeah. Yeah. It's northwest. Oh, OK. So perfect. Yeah, um, yeah. I, what's Cameron, though, to answer your question, Cameron, there is nothing newsworthy about this. This is straight from the Jesse Carey file of okay. small areas of land that he could somehow take over. Because throughout <laughs> the years, we've had multiple conversations yeah. about people that went into the wilderness and claimed their own government like yeah this isn't outside of the these, realm of like he feels like he could take over matt no problem right he's got and some sh- sort of google alert on places i could take over well, no. easily but it's not no. even yeah. like that when the ghost town was for sale it's not like I'm this is just we literally ghost town this is just mm-hmm. literally a place in the world where you could rent an airbnb and go live which is like this exact story could be Thousands of places like in the, you could say in the Caribbean, you could rent a Oceanside Villa for 50 bucks a night. I mean, like, what's yeah. yeah, this? Annie, was, this Annie, is a sponsored advertisement. That's sure. what I, I think he's in the pocket. I think he's listen. Uh, Listen, I have taken a substantial sum of money from the government of Aaron Moore. I have and his residuals. Name is Neil. I have Neil, the graphic designer, and I. Neil, the graphic designer, Elena, the photographer. We are getting residuals on our $25 a night Airbnb that I'm hoping to draw some people into here. Um, so, uh, no, the first but, ever Cameron, relevant bring, conference on Aaron you, Moore. You you bring up a good point here, Cameron. Like if there is ever a place that is 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 ripe for some sort of sovereignty, it's Aaron Moore, right? Like what's what's preventing me from moving there? 
taking over the political scene and then, you know, leaving the EU. It's just the nation of Aaron Moore. Nothing. Okay, people is need stopping. to go look at this place because you're right, Jesse. This land you're it about to conquer insane. is gorgeous. It is insane. Like it, it is the most uh, like like I said, it seems like something out of a movie or, or you know, like a cool puzzle or something. And you know? the way they are counting down the um the the amount of people who live there in 20, 2006, it was 528. In 2011, it was 514. <laughs> it is a little Yikes. ominous how desperate yeah. they're getting. You yeah. Know? Some people need to start birthing some babies over there. Yeah. Yeah. Or uh, Australians and American needs to relocate. Okay. Uh, so, you, you know, for any listeners looking for the next adventure, if you move to Aaron Moore, let us know. Um, okay. But, hey, the, the, I mean, but what's facing Aaron Moore is facing the U.S. as well, where birth rates, because of demographic generational shifts, birth rates are down. The population of the U.S. over the next 50 years is going to decrease unless we increase immigration. So yeah. the same thing for Airmore. They're going, our birth rate's going down. We need to bring in immigration. So we're in the have same bucket. Have y'all seen that movie, Children of Men, where people don't have babies for 18 oh, years? Yeah. yeah. No. That's a, a classic. Oh, it Children of Men. Fascinating. Because people stop caring about museums and they stop picking up their trash and all these things because the world's the population's going to end. There aren't any more humans. And so the population just keeps decreasing. So they don't care about holding on to things for the next generation. It was it, it spun me out a little bit. <laughs> yeah, clearly. It's a, big yeah, moment for yeah, you. it's a great it's a great film. It's, I just um, watched it because John Tyson talked about it in a sermon he did about culture. And I was like, oh, my gosh, that is that. Yeah, it was. It's fascinating. You should watch it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great, that is a great, great movie. It's Alfonso Carrion, the Oscar winning filmmaker. It was before yeah. he, you know, really, you know, made it mainstream. Okay. Finally. Um, so are you guys familiar with the site genius? Like the lyric aggregator site? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like basically yeah. Yeah. you can go to genius, look up any song lyric you want and it's annotated. So sometimes the songwriters themselves will go in there and tell you the meaning behind lyrics or, you know, users can go and do basically like Wikipedia style annotation where yeah. they can leave notes about what these specific song lyrics uh, mean. So Genius well, for a while and, has and been... And also put in the song lyrics because remember that Social Club Misfits song came out and they said yeah. something about Relevant Magazine and we couldn't tell what the line leading up to it was. So we went on Genius to see and oh, there it is. And then when we talked to the guys, like, no, that's not the lyric at all. It was just a fan who wrote the lyric like yeah. that. And they oh, misheard hilarious. it. Yeah. So. Well, G- Genius has been doing more and more to work with artists, especially like in, in hip hop, where some of the lyrics like that Social Club song might be hard to decipher for the casual listener. And so for some of these more com- lyrically complex songs, they're working directly with songwriters and record labels now uh, mm. to get these like, you know, to be like sort of this exclusive database for song lyrics. Well, if you if any of you have like Googled a song lyric, Lately, you'll notice that on your Google search results, they'll display right there on the front of the screen. Like if you, you know, like if you just take a line from a song and, and Google it, you have like a, what they call a lyric box and it shows the song lyrics, a little drop down menu right there on your Google homepage. Well, since Google started doing that, Genius has seen a like a massive decline in traffic because people can Google song lyrics instead of clicking through the Genius to read them, they can write there they can read them right there on their Google front page. Well, Genius got the hunch that I, we think that Google is just copying and pasting 
the lyrics from our site. Like we work oh. with artists exclusively oh. and we don't know how wow, else wow, they could wow. be getting these lyrics other than just re- literally copying and pasting them from, from genius. And so they, they approached Google about it and Google said, no, we are not doing this. You know, that's, that's not something we would do. And so genius has recently set a trap for Google and it looks like Google fell right into it. So what they started doing is they started replacing a lot of the apostrophes in songs so they would replace them with either like the the standard apostrophe which is kind of curved or a special font that one was straight and they would replace these throughout the songs and they actually had a message written out across a bunch of songs in morris code based on the apostrophes so they they seeded these songs out there then they started googling them and sure enough when the Google display showed these songs where they changed the apostrophes, <laughs> it read out in Morse code, red-handed. Uh, so uh. Genius caught Google, quote-unquote, red-handed. So Google is still denying it, and now they're blaming it on like a third party that they work with to provide lyrics for their site. And that third party has denied it, but Genius has literally caught them in the act. They've caught them red-handed by That's changing amazing. out the apostrophes. Wow. Yeah. So... Google busted. Do busted. no evil. Was it? Wasn't it? Was Google right? Who their initial slogan was? Do no evil or don't be evil. Is that the? Uh, yeah, don't be evil. Yeah, yeah that yeah. seems something in tech. I think it was Google. Yeah, 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 I think it was Google. I think their initial motto, which I'm not saying this was evil, but clearly it's not cool. And they're, yeah. they're, you know, they're, they've lied about it. We're caught red-handed. The other thing too is, don't be evil. Should be given. Like if if an organization is saying, "Hey, our motto is don't be evil," that should be a red flag. Like that's a very, very low bar. Like our mission statement is simply not evil. Like right. you know, I feel like Google hasn't done a lot to endear the trust of users or other companies like G. And this is another example of them doing something kind of shady. And they have so much power that they can make one change to their search results, like displaying the lyrics on the front page. And it can totally decimate a site like Genius, who's totally reliant on web traffic that they are no, now no longer getting from search. So, Well, this always leads to the bigger conversation. We've talked about it before on the show. But like the amount of data we're comfortable with allowing big tech companies to have. Because part of me is like, I, ju- I know that... Facebook is just reading my mail at right. everything and yeah. is probably listening to me talking. And then part of me is like, well, it is certainly very convenient just to get what I want when I want it. And I don't have anything to hide. I, you know, we've talked about this, but like I go around and around. I'm like, why? Of course, Google is just sweeping everything off of the Internet. But also, don't we kind of not care because we just want our answers quickly? Right. You know? <laughs> yeah, it doesn't serve. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's a good point. It doesn't service genius very well, but it serves the end user well. And the right. other thing, too, it's kind of like a gray area copyright wise, because, you know, I, genius doesn't right. own those lyrics. You know, they right. just happen to be. The, uh, you know, a site whose business model is contingent on them having them in their database. But w- if they can do it, why can't Google? You know, why can't they display it? So it's it's an interesting story, but it's more that Google repeatedly lied about it than if they would have just said, yeah, you know, what, we're just taking the lyrics from your site because they're, they're song lyrics. Then I think Genius probably would have been upset, but I don't know what recourse they would have had. But the fact that Google got caught in a lie makes it look really bad right. for Google, you know. So. Google. All right. Yeah. You're you're just a detective, Jesse. I'm really sniffing it out. I really? want to thank I want to thank Nick 
the computer science engineer on Aragorn uh, for sniffing this one out. He's got a ton of time on his hands because there's nothing to do there. There's just I mean, nothing just to do there. Literally counting sheep. I mean, when you're tired, you literally just go outside and count sheep. That's, that's my that's thing. It's like they need to incentivize people if they want you know new new blood to move over there. You are in a remote island with nothing to do. I need to be compensated somehow. Yeah, I, I feel like they, they should not be focusing on people moving there. They should be focusing on like writing retreats or creative excursions where you go and spend a month there and knock out a huge project or something like that. Because nobody's yeah. actually going to want to No one's going to uproot their life to yeah. go right. live on some rando island in the I mean, even Some the, people do. But even the freelancers and stuff, I mean, if they pitched it as like come for the summer or come yeah. for, you know, a semester or something like that, you know, for life experience or whatever, fine. But I don't know. Yeah. I don't get it. It's like well, the, it's, uh, off the, it's off the Northwest coast and nobody's going up there. It's, it's, <laughs> like the, it's like the episode of the office where Michael goes and he tries to recruit students to intern at Dunder Mifflin. And he's like, yes. listen, we can't offer any school credit and we do not pay at all, but it's a really great place to work. Like there's no sales pitch there. It's just like, right. I mean, why not? You know, why not? <laughs> all right. What do you have, Amy? Well, listen, I can't even believe I'm bringing this slice to you when I'm sitting across from my assistant because we do this every day. But the um, the problem is when it's time for us to eat lunch, we just usually go grab our lunch and come back and sit at our desk and keep going. Just part of like our system a little bit. Yes. Um, but Wait, apparently, hold, on. I, hold on. One question, Annie. Yes. She's Annie. your assistant. So is it part of your system or her system? Like if my she system. were... Okay, because mm. if For she sure. were like, hey, Annie, I'm going to go, you know. Oh, I would to, be fine to, with it. If she was like, hey, I'm going to go play on my phone for 40 minutes or an hour while we while, and eat my lunch, I'd be fine. But we just like yeah, kind of keep rolling. Yeah. We also don't stay till 10 p.m., right? So yeah. anyway. Yeah. But there's a study that says millennials are more afraid of lunch breaks than any other generation. And I was curious what y'all's systems are in your lives. Yes, Eddie? Afraid? Yes, I raised my hand. First of all, I don't know why I did they, that. They, they, I mean, everyone knows that lunch hour is the most haunted hour of the it's day. Terrifying, right? Yeah. <laughs> I do not. Their fears are well founded. Well, what they're are they afraid, afraid of? that they're going to be judged by their coworkers for taking a uh, break in the middle of the day. Yeah, so they're afraid yeah. of a lunch break. So they'd rather just keep working at their desk. In fact, they're three times more likely than baby boomers to think their coworkers will judge them. But they all, it also says that they, that millennials wish they could step away and eat lunch. And in fact, 16% of the people surveyed said they would take a pay cut if it meant they could go to lunch every day. That's awful. Wow. Well, I mean, most workplaces offer a lunch hour, but they're saying they would pay a, take a, a pay cut if it was like socially acceptable in their workplace. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. right. That's right. That, that's crazy. That, that is, is crazy. What do y'all do at Relevant, Cameron? Uh, we do an hour lunch. Yeah, I, I don't. I mean, I I can't think of the last time I actually I, I will step out of the office to pick up the sandwich and then come right back. But I won't take an hour. But most I, I, most everybody does from what I can yeah. eyeball. I mean, we yeah. encourage it. I mean, if you if you're pedal to the metal for nine hours a day, I mean, you're just you're not going to be at your best. You know, it's right. Like so this, would you yeah. rather work nine to five and have a lunch break or would you rather work nine to four or nine to three thirty and get to it and but eat lunch at your desk? We do a we do an eight hour workday. So we let them decide do you want a half hour lunch or an hour lunch and then set your schedule based on that. So like you people can start anywhere from eight to nine and then and then you know if I so I started at like 
And then we like end the day by like between five and six. And so a lot of people will come in, you know, at 830, do a half hour lunch and leave at five, you know. Okay. Now, Annie, I feel like that's super interesting because I like I'm not a big like lunch out person. You know, occasionally yeah. I'll go I'll run an errand or something. But I have found that if I like don't take a like a few minutes at lunch just to kind of like not think about Check anything. Yeah. I, feel, I feel like I'm way more productive if right. I do yeah. that than if I just like plow through, you know, which I, I'm like I'll do. But I, I you know, I've kind of like made it a thing like, okay, I'll probably think more clearly in the afternoon and take a lunch. When is yeah. the last time you and your assistant have gone to lunch, Annie? Let me check. Jenna, when is the last time we went to lunch and didn't work? She says, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure. I do not know. She's worked with me for seven months and I do not know that we've ever just taken a lunch. Okay, Annie, um, will you invite Jenna right now to go to P.F. Chang's with you today? High noon. Peel <laughs> chicken. We, 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 have today. we have stuff. I brought my lunch. There's Pele always the lunch spot, not PF Chang's. Yeah. No, but I want a nice slow lunch. I want them to really dig in. Yeah, like you, mean, you owe her this, Annie. The, the the poor woman hasn't eaten lunch in seven months. The least <laughs> you could do is she's a cheesecake there, factory yeah. at PF Chang's. You know, cheesecake one of those factory high noon. Gross. Yeah, she's sitting there wolfing down a Caesar salad and Diet Coke in front of you every day as you bark yeah. orders. Yeah, you're right. That's about well, how it goes. Well, cool life for, for I, her. I, I see so the millennial who works with me is scared to take a lunch break. <laughs> and he's like, you know, what, here's what's funny about this is I'm talking and I see the fork going from your Caesar salad to your mouth, but I don't see a pen in the other hand writing down what I'm saying. Isn't this odd? <laughs> Maybe you could switch to smoothies so you could write and drink and at the same drink, time. Yeah. Yep. She requires all of her assistants to be either ambidextrous or learn how to eat with the left hand. That's exactly all right. That's exactly or right. Or just, or just we don't get this amount of work meal. done by eating lunch, everybody. Yeah, no, that's right. This brand doesn't do itself. <laughs> it's, you have two options. Make that left hand learn to write or start liquefying your lunch because... <laughs> <laughs> not going to have this lollygagging while you microwave a Hot Pocket. Those are three minutes we're not getting back, okay? So you can eat it frozen with your bare hand, and it's okay. just uh-huh. the same in your belly. Yeah. Real, t- real talk about this, though, Annie. Like, about a year ago, I read this book called, My- uh, I think it was called Mindful Eating, or it was about mindful eating, uh-huh. about the idea of just, like, paying way more attention to the food that you eat, not only just right. in terms of nutrition, but also, like, speed at which you eat, because typically, we'll do exactly what you're article is saying we just kind of ingest as we're doing other stuff and so we're not aware of it and so it was actually like a a conscious health decision to Uh, to stop for lunch and i can't do an hour i mean hours just like i'm I'm out of my mind but like i will straight up like make my lunch or grab lunch and then sit on the back porch with no phone just to be like present with it sounds so hippy dippy but present with the food so that it's not just like oh i'm hungry again in 10 minutes because i just wolfed this down and wasn't thinking so yeah um there's a better way to do this our i mean our system is that we usually leave 3 34 o'clock so she doesn't deal with traffic on our commute home and so I can work out outside because I like to go to this place called Radnor Lake, blah, blah, blah. And and so we, I think part of the exchange is we sit here at lunch knowing that we're not here till 6 p.m. Yeah. For, for me, it's like, listen, if a, if a rare... 
white rhino had to die for this burger or if, oh there was an, if there's one less elephant in the world right now the least i can do is take five minutes and, and savor this thing instead of shoving another one into the blender and just drinking it down while i work through lunch again oh, you know gosh. like it's just it's just something special i do for those magnificent beasts that died for oh my, my food God. hey i just got a text from jenna i just got a text from jenna and it says please help so hungry um, <laughs> yeah. I think Jenna's moving to Aaron Moore if she hears that. She's, yeah, like, she's, she's asking to start working remotely from Aaron Moore. <laughs> all right. What do you have, Eddie? So in Gainesville and all around the country and actually around the world, there is there is a debate raging and it's been going on for a while, but about um, the use of plastic bags and plastic straws. And I know that in Gainesville specifically, there is just an uproar and it's basically the small business community uh, pushing back hard against the city council because the city council is trying to mandate that they do away with plastic bags. Obviously, this is for environmental reasons and the small business community is saying, you know, we we're okay doing this eventually, but it's going to cost us a lot in our margin. And so this is the conversation that's happening. But um, through some parts of the country, the conversation has been resolved and uh, there is plastic bags have either been banned or there is a kind of an increased tariff on them. So if you use a plastic bag, you've got to pay, you know, an extra quarter. Um, and it, you know, you hear a lot of stories about this, but in a uh, marketing attempt gone terribly wrong, there is a place called <laughs> East West Market, and this is in Vancouver. And Vancouver hasn't outlawed plastic ba- bags, but they are trying drastically to get people to push back on on their use of them. And so this idea at East West Market uh, was went as follows. And I'm actually going to only give you the front half of the story, and I'm going to let you oh. all guess how the story ends. Oh, okay. I can't wait. So what East West Market decided to do on top of charging customers extra for a plastic bag, and we're talking, you know, you just grab your lunch and it's in just like a white plastic normal bag, is they designed special bags and the bags had one of two designs. Um, Either it said the bag on it said the colon care co-op. So the joke is you're now walking bag. Walking around with a plastic bag that says the colon care co-op or um, or there was another one that said into the weird adult video emporium, um, which uh, I don't want to go into explaining what that means, but we understand. So you were going to yeah. walk out of the store with the idea that you would so not want one of these bags. You'd be, you'd be so shamed. Yeah, you'd be yeah, so yeah, shamed. Yeah. It's a shame tactic. So, so, they're, so they're saying bring your own bag or else if you are going to waste plastic bags, you're going to be shamed with this embarrassing right. bag. Okay, so, first of all, we can we all agree that shame yeah. is not is not a motivator to long term behavior change. I mean, yeah, that's not. I don't know. It's uh, never here's been my true. guess. My guess is that it was so kitsch. I mean, obviously, it's now national news that everybody went and wanted the kitsch bags. That would be my guess. Is yeah, that because they they're because they're the both bag. kind of hilarious? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would think like, it went exactly like, the opposite the way. I they would not be shamed walking out. I would be like looking like, <laughs> isn't this bag hilarious? You know, like yeah, yeah. They have not only sold out of bags, but they have <laughs> sold so many that they have doubled the amount of plastic bags they used before the program. No. They have people now coming to the store just to buy the plastic bags as like joke gifts. They 
saw an oh increase gosh. in sales in plastic bags around Father's Day because they just knew it would be a yeah. 25 oh. cent joke for dad. Right. Um, and the anti-plastic PR has completely backfired and everybody wants these bags and it's oh. become a badge of hilarity to walk around town with the colon care center uh, on a bag because you were able to go and get one I would of these. Like, so, I would like yeah. reuse the plastic bag, you know, knowing that, it, you know, I may not be able to get another one. I'm going to yeah. like, I'm, I'm going to, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's like a, yeah. it's like a supreme drop, you know, the scarcity, yeah. like you're racing to get the new obscene right. novelty plastic bag, you right. know, because you don't know when they're going to be sold out. Yeah, so Cameron is right. Shame is not a good motivator. But if you're going to shame, do it the right way. Like they right. should have done a plastic bag that just says like, I don't care about the environment. I don't care about baby seals. Yeah, don't be funny. I bought a plastic or, bag. Yeah. Or, or or have like that, you know, poor sea turtle with the straw coming out of his nose or something like, oh, oh gosh, this is contributing. Picture. This yeah, is contributing so much. to Yeah. Yeah. This bag contains rare elephant meat, like something that's really <laughs> genuinely <laughs> shameful, you know? Right. So yeah. Not. So, not, not not bags that are really really funny. You know, yes. that's their problem. They get so, too funny. With it. The moral of the story is marketing strategy matters. Think through yeah, it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Eddie, I'm I'm worried about the statement you made a little bit ago about how you like to spend time with your food at lunch and be very intentional oh. about your food. I don't. Yeah. This happened that this came across my feed while we've been talking. Somebody took a picture of the church sign at the Westboro Baptist Church. Okay. Oh, okay. No. The church sign. No. And it says, and I quote, atheists, anti-theists, vegans, God mockers, and Christian eaters will burn mm-hmm. in hell. Oh, <laughs> well, Christian what eaters? Are, what are Christian eaters, first of all? Why are they all Christian eaters? And what, what, what's Christian wrong with vegans? Like, I don't know, but they're going to burn in hell, according to Westboro. Really? Christian when, eaters. When, if, I'm assuming if you're intentional with your food, you might be a Christian eater, Eddie. Again, a marketing strategy gone wrong because now I just feel like, well, if they're not into it, I'm doubling down on vegan. (laughs) Yeah, if they don't like it, I might go vegan. I'm vegan. Yeah, Yeah, that's right. That's exactly right. I'm definitely a Christian eater. Yeah, Yeah. because like I'm confused by Christian eater because the only way I'm in agreement with them, if it's that's if that's people who eat Christians and it's like, well, they probably deserve to go to hell. If you're eating another human, I don't agree with that. Unless it's some sort of situation like that movie Alive, in which case you got to do what you got to (laughs) do. Yeah, exactly. If if you're if you are down, if I'm on a if I'm on a life raft in the middle of Pacific Ocean with another Christian (laughs) and look, it comes down to me and him. I will be a Christian eater. But most scenarios, Annie. Most scenario, it tastes very similar to elephant meat, from what I understand. Mmm, <laughs> <hate> <laughs> Christian, <laughs> a little tangy, fibrous, yeah. a good, a sweet Christian burger. I'm gonna sit quietly and see how deep this goes. Keep going. No, no, no. Oh, I, I was sitting in. I, I remember distinctly sitting in uh, an English class watching that movie, and you know, because public school alive, you just watch yeah. movies. So um, watching that movie alive, and the classroom, we did not know what it's about, and it just got quieter and quieter in the room until like one guy starts to carve into another guy, and John Faust just goes, "What?" And the whole room. I mean, I was like snot crying so hard because it was such a tense and t- moment, and we didn't we didn't know that this was what was going to happen. A little forewarning about that movie would have yeah, been nice. They eat each other. No, but I'm genuinely curious, like not just like as a joke. I'm genuinely curious as what they mean by Christian eater. Yeah, because, no, like, I bet you Christian could ask eaters. them and they would happily answer you. 
Because yeah, do, they want assume, do they assume that Christians being eaten is like a major culture problem right now? Like it's a social problem at the forefront of the culture wars. You know, we want to we want to take Family Guy off TV for their, right. you know, their their raunchy dialogue and also stop people from cannibalizing Christians. Like, <laughs> like what are they fighting against? Well, do you I don't think, think maybe they're they're talking about gluttony? That like Christian eaters, like if you're a Christian and you eat too much, like you're you're gluttonous and deadly sin and going to yeah, hell. It doesn't say it doesn't say Christian overeaters, Christian eaters. I mean, it seems like any That's Christian a is a good Christian point. eater. You know, I'm I I I, I maybe that maybe this is the point. They just want to get people scratching their heads. Like, what do they right. got against vegans and Christians who actually consume food? Like that seems you know pretty yeah. basic, but yeah. no, no, it on. seems like it's just another part of life. But what do I know? Yeah. But I do oh. feel like they'd be happy to be on the podcast sometime, Jesse, if you just want to call. Oh, that'd be, oh, yeah. We well, should definitely give them space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if there's if there's anyone who, yeah, the, the platform, we could really just, you know. You know, that was a, ironically, years ago, I can't remember which, it was like a... Um, it was like an AM, it was like a conservative AM radio talk show host. And, uh-huh. you know, that was when Westboro was actively protesting military funerals. Um, you know, they would go into these horrible protests at the funerals of, uh, of fallen, uh, you know, American soldiers. And yeah. there was a radio host who ended up striking like an agreement with them that they would stop doing them for a certain amount of time. And in exchange, he would give them like two hours of his radio show and let them do whatever he want. So it's not that, I mean, honestly, I know you said that in jest, but that's a strategy they've like basically like bullying platforms into hosting them is something that they've done before. So. But that was before Not Christian eating. That was yeah. before Christian eating became like a huge problem. You know? <laughs> so now, now most of their energy is fo- focused on this whole Christian eater issue. Right, so, right, yeah. right. The last time and, I encountered uh, Christian protesters was like a month ago, and I, uh, at the uh, I went to the Unashamed Forever tour, which is like all the Reach Records guys, like Lecrae, Andy Minio, Tadashi, all those at a at a large church here. You know, yeah, and we're all going to this concert, and I have my son, his old friend, and we're walking across the street, and there were people protesting it, Christians protesting it with megaphones and signs that we were all like compromising and going to hell. They're yelling that we're going to go to hell because we're going in, we're idolizing man and not God. And am I? Am I really? Yeah, yeah. And and they were yelling about the the nuclear, the impending nuclear war and stuff like that. And oh, and literally, sure. like my son is like asking me. What does that mean? And all this stuff is horrible. Um, the, but they were trying to get clever, and they were they were on their uh, signage. Yeah, and, and what they were yelling, they were trying to get clever. Uh, they're big. They're big. Like they're really proud of this one. They were talking about um, why are we going to watch Andy Sinio? Sinio, not many. Oh, sure. And um, honey, because because he has songs talking about like you know like you know, I got this and you, you know, watch me now or whatever like that, where like, you know, he's like pointing the fame to himself. So therefore he's sinning Andy Sinio. Oh, wow. My kids were, yeah, the kids were like, what? Get over that. Yeah. To to be fair to the protesters, Tripoli was eaten alive that night and (laughs) (laughs) they'd done their job. Maybe we, maybe another Christian wouldn't have been eaten. (laughs) 
Again, marketing strategy gone wrong because that's just <laughs> hilarious and it makes me want to get even more into Andy Minio. I know. Yeah, I was like, seriously, right. I need to go deeper into his catalog, Andy Sinio. That's some good stuff right yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I could see him doing like a persona, like, you know, where it's, you know, the one song's by Andy Sinio and it's like, you know, you learn this interesting backstory. It's like, oh, that's a fantastic idea. Like, a, right. like the, you know. Chris Gaines kind of moment. Yeah, 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 yeah come yeah. on. <laughs> that yeah. worked out so well for Garth Brooks that, you know, oh. what could happen, what he could go wrong it, with though. Andy Sinio. You gotta give it to yeah. him for trying it. I love that. Yeah, no, but it would be more like the, you know, Eminem Slim Shady thing. Like, you know, yeah. it's it's Andy Minio's Slim Shady, you know. Uh-huh. So, you, so you're, you're saying like Andy Sinio's songs would be more like the screw tape letters where it's like, exactly. like the alternative, oh, like to show, sure. to make a yeah. larger point about yeah. the bad approach leads to death and destruction. And uh-huh. Andy Minio brings the light. I like it. Yeah, let's pitch it to him. Let's pitch it. Let's go. I just got another text from Jenna. She said, "Wasn't joking." Please don't tell Annie I said this. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what to do at this point. She's right now. What what people don't see is I see Jenna in the background, and she is putting a pack of hot dogs into a blender and preparing her lunch for the day. It's (laughs) it's just liquefied hot dog. That's all she's got. But it's Monday, so no, it's not Monday. It's very busy, so you know you drink up those hot dogs and it's a busy day in the office. We are blending. And hot dogs today. Get to work. Mama's got contracts that need to get out. <laughs> All right. Now, different slices. Stay tuned up next. Jesse's conversation with Tim Tebow. You're listening to Bunt featuring The Dip. The song is Sure Don't Miss You. We are so grateful to Samaritan Ministries for sponsoring the Relevant Podcast. Uh, They're an amazing organization. Go check them out. Please go check them out. I love their disruptive model. It's awesome to hear stories of lives changed. Well, Tim Tebow is a professional athlete and author and now a film producer. His debut film, Run the Race, has just released to Blu-ray, iTunes, and Amazon. It tells the story of two brothers as they wrestle with faith, overcoming life hardships and understanding what God has in store for them. Our very own Jesse Carey spoke with Tim about the film, why he wanted to get into the movie business, and using stories to tackle difficult ideas. Here is Jesse's conversation with Tim Tebow. Tell me a little bit about, Tim, why you wanted to kind of get into the film industry. Um, to be honest, I didn't, um, <laughs> I, I really never had the goal of getting into the movie industry until, um, we, um, sat down, gosh, I, I don't even know, five or so years ago with, uh, Jake and Trey, uh, two friends of ours, and they had this script of run the race and, um, and I read it and, and it obviously touched me, but I still was like, you know what? You could read a lot of things and it, and it, you know, hits you the first time. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to wait. And I went a couple months later on a trip to the Philippines and I was like, I'm going to read it on the trip with all the traveling time. And I did it again. And then I let some other friends um, and family read it and they were all impacted. And I was like, man, if it impacts all of us, I think this is a story worth telling. And so that was kind of, the start of the process, you know, and I didn't know anything about getting into the the movie industry, but we were able to get some great um, partners and um, figure out how to get this thing done. And, and it just um, was a really fun process. And I think a special process and um, with ultimately the goal of, of 
of lives being encouraged and, and, and touched um, in a positive way. And um, I think that happened. Well, one cool thing about the movie is like, there's so many like layers that I feel like would appeal to different audiences. You have like the, the sports theme, kind of the family dynamics, the, the kind of coming of age, you have, you know, faith. When you first read that script, when you were flying to the Philippines, what is the thing that jumped out to you the most about run the race? I think probably, um, the brothers dynamics, um, because me and my brothers and how close we are, I think that was one of the first things. And I think it was, um, being able to, um, understand how powerful it is when someone's in your corner and you have, it's not all perfect, but you have, um, that family member, those friends that believe in you to support you. And then ultimately, um, understanding that, we're all running a race, but where are we running it? And why are we running it? What race are we even in, you know, and, and who are we running towards? And I guess kind of figuring out what our ultimate goal is. And, um, I think that's one of the powerful stories of the movie is, um, for so much of the time, the goal was to get out, to get a championship, to get a scholarship, to get a better life. But then, you know, you realize at the end that, what is a better life? You know, a better life is running towards Jesus and and the plan that God has for you. And understanding it doesn't mean it's always going to be easy or fun or um, or or even beautiful, but it's going to be um, the best path for you in the long run. And um, that was one of the most exciting parts for me. If someone who is just like either, you know, a fan, a fan of yours or just is a fan of sports movies who may not have any kind of religious background goes in to see this movie, what do you hope that they'll take away from the message of it? Well, it's just, it's a, that's a very deep question. Hopefully a lot of things, hopefully, um, I think more than anything is that God loves them like crazy. And that's why we made it such a big thing. Um, because, um, you know, it's, it's really hard to, to truly love others until you know how much God loves you. And it's really hard to even be able to, um, you know, you know, love yourself the way that you should until you realize that God loves you for the, the good and the bad and everything that we've been through and, um, and have done. And when you understand that the God of this universe loves you like crazy and, and has a plan for you and he, and he wants to know you, um, personally and intimately, you know, that changes and, um, changes everything for you. And so that would be, I think the ultimate, um, you know, uh, the number one goal, but I think also would be just to be able to encourage people, um, you know, and so whether it's, you know, um, you know, uh, a struggling family or, um, siblings or relationships that this could touch on relationships because we're all, you know, have our highs and lows in different relationships. And so it would be something that people could walk out with, with not a, a, a fake sense of, you know, entertainment. Um, but like, this is a real movie of, um, and it was, it could be something that, um, people could walk out being encouraged, um, and, um, and really feel, um, feel that in their everyday life. 
Tim, one, one final question, man. Uh, I have a friend. I, I promise I would ask her this. She is a big fan of yours, but she went to Georgia uh, for college, and she used to okay. go. She used to right. go. No one's perfect. <laughs> she used to go to. <laughs> she was. She used to go to Gator games. You know when when you guys were dominating the the SEC, and she would sit right up front, and she she would heckle the Gators because you know that was really the only thing they had if, when you guys were playing them. You were just steamrolling. What as a competitor, but also as someone who's just a good dude what is your opinion about heckling when it comes to on the field itself that's a really good question i don't know if I've even she's very conflicted about before. it she, she for her context she's I, like I get, um, you know i mean I, I get it um almost every day in baseball season you know i think there's the the um the quiet majority of people but then there's the loud um minority of few people that want to heckle the whole game. And, um, and I think there's a way that it can be done of, you know, rooting for the other team and, you know, um, and cheering for your own team. But I also think that there's a place where there's probably a fine line of some of the, um, the words you choose to say and go after and different, you know, personal places that people try to go to. And so I think it's just to support your team is 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 great and i think it's you know totally fine at sports the fans should go out there and cheer for their teams and um and well that's that's great i just i think there there's um there's a line sometimes that not everybody i think understands or sees that they should probably understand that there's still people there you know that was tim tebow stay tuned up next it's your feedback Listening to Pete Yorn. Song is Calm Down. Okay, it's time for your feedback. Last week for the editorial question of the week, we asked you what Christian culture trends and cultural items should be canceled. We got talking about cancel culture, uh, and we thought what Christian culture trends should be canceled. You guys hit us up on Twitter at Relevant Podcast, and you also posted on the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com. Here's a few of our favorites. Uh, Yesh, I, I agree with what Yesh said, but I have a little umbrage. It said cancel short, uh, cancel short mission trips. Get it? Yep, I read when helping hurts. I understand. And then also <laughs> said uh, cancel Yeti cups. I, I get oh, that it's a trend. Why? I, I guess because it's just a why, Jesse. Why? Why do you think Yesh said cancel Yeti cups? I, I, I've converted. Cameron knows this, and I've and I've talked about it he, at length. Drinks they, the Kool Aid. Your... He drinks the Kool Aid now out of a Yeti cup. I'm just it saying. Is, I, and and you know fantastic. what? That Kool Aid is ice cold for three days. It yeah, is buddy. unbelievable. The technology <laughs> makes no sense. It's like Tony Damn, Stark Kool-Aid. designed these. I don't have. I have no idea how they work. But I it's know. unbelievable. I, I got, got one my, for Christmas and sip hot coffee until like one cup of hot coffee until noon. It's magical. I even want magical. another one. I want the small half size one. I don't They're have so great. one. I have a hydro flask that I live and die by because oh, it keeps boy. water cold no, all day, but I don't have a Yeti. Uh, yeah, a Yeti no, will you, blow your yeah, mind. Nothing. And and you if you have anything. a really thoughtful friend in your life, maybe they will give you one as a gift. Let's let's yes. say hypothetically at like a white elephant exchange. But maybe you will. Maybe actually I could just use remind it. all three of you maybe. that my birthday is Jesse, in like two weeks. Jesse. You didn't have to remind I me. I drank out of it yesterday. I appreciate and use the present. 
I'm just hey, saying. I've been, I've seen him drink out of many, many cups since I've given him a Yeti. And not once was it a Yeti. I've been at his house and seen him drink beverages. Oh, I've seen him in the so office. Funny. All day yesterday. They're, they're magical. I love them yeah, so much. But I understand, are. yes, it has gotten into like put the sticker on the back of your, you know, your car and wear the <gasps> hat that says no. Yeti. Oh, yeah. There's a whole, especially down in Florida. I mean, you're in yeah, the South. That feels like a Florida thing. That, we don't it's, do it's that. It's definitely here. a brand that's yeah. like I see a lot of places and I was like, all right, it's like wearing Igloo cooler or some, something yeah, brand. It's yeah, like, I would wear a Rubbermaid yeah, hoodie, but yeah. Okay. Carter had a couple interesting ones here. Carter had a, you know, he was he was feeling, uh, you know, he was feeling angry because he canceled a lot of things. Ring the quote, uh, the phrase "ring by spring" canceled. So yeah. you guys know that, like, especially yeah, you hear yeah. that a lot of Christian colleges where, uh, you know, eligible singles want to make sure they get engaged by Before the end of the year. Ring an, by- MR, an MRS degree. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, the classic Christian college show. I mean, okay. I, don't, I don't think anybody aspires to ring by spring. I think that the the phrase came because it just is like a trend that people are observing. You, you know my I mean? friend, are very wrong. Oh, a really? lot of people aspire to ring oh, by yes. spring. Really? Yes, yes. Yeah. Like in they enter. You're saying a lot of people will enter college. Yes. With with the sole hope of becoming engaged by the spring semester, Annie, you're saying no, that's a real thing. I, I think that's. I think you used a lot of extra words in that sentence that you didn't need to use. Like that's the exactly sole what you hope said. And they that's enter exactly college. No, no, no. I just think that majority of Christians twenty years ago when I was in college. So I can't speak about college students today. Maybe they will speak back to us. They tend to do that. Um, I think a lot of people assume they'll be engaged by the end of their senior year. I think that's. Part of what 24 year olds yeah. who are single have to deal with is this wasn't what their life was supposed to look like. Yes, I think they're still going for education and yes. for quality time in the college experience. I do think there is also a background and consistent hope that something else will brew. Uh, it's interesting you say that. I saw a recent study about the biggest fears of young Christians. <laughs> and one is not getting married by the time they leave Christian colleges. Two is being eaten. Yeah. So <laughs> Three it's, is not I mean, getting a lunch break. <laughs> yeah. Close third. Working is having for drink, Annie F. Downs is having three. to drink hot dogs while working for <laughs> Annie <laughs> with, a, with a warm glass of hot dog water to drink. But do you, you know, think like, I mean, we all the demographic studies that we know now, I mean, like this generation is getting married a lot later, like 28, 29, 30, not 22. Do you still think that that's a thing in Christian college culture? I mean, I I don't know. That's why I said back when I was in college, it was more of a conversation, but I do still talk to a lot of single women and single men who are still in their twenties that thought they would be married by now. That is like Mm. a very common conversation I have with people. So Mm. anecdotally, it seems very true. I can't tell you scientifically. Interesting. That is interesting. Yeah. Well, Carter wants that whole philosophy canceled. He also wants uh, sharing a cup for communion canceled. Well, I can respect I mean, that. Yeah, I mean that's just not sanitary. Um, he also <laughs> he also wants the phrase "peace be with you" and also with you canceled. Which I don't see a problem with that. It's kind uh, of I, a, think, I think we're picking up on his church experience. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. What denomination he comes from. Yeah, but he's also canceled, strangely, listicles, which, listen, I got no beef with listicles. Yeah, I Jesse has Some people make a fine career on listicles. Jesse writes them like a pro. Are able to provide insurance and a lovely, lovely mortgage. Listicles have provided. Like a pro. He literally is a professional listicle writer. Yeah, exactly. It's it's very prestigious. No, but I love reading them too. Like, there's a lot of like higher end. 
well, I say higher end, like websites that fashion themselves as, you know, more prestige that I like to read, but have, they went away from listicles out of principle for a long time. And now they're bringing them back because they're just, if you're sitting on your phone reading, a listicle is just way easier to consume. Like the way people don't sit down with a newspaper and, you know, read 4,000 words, investigative pieces at the same rate that they look at their phone and, and, you know, read a listicle of the best, you know, Steph Curry crossovers. Like it's just, it's just an optimal reading experience, Carter. Yeah. It's just organization, Carter. So back off. I found, I found myself (laughs) this morning reading a listicle 23 times. The office just went too far. It's a great listicle. Yeah. It's like, I'm clicking on this and reading it yeah, at a stoplight. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I like Bethany's answer. She says that she'd like to cancel the use of the word season when in Christianity when referring to anything other than weather patterns and adding spices to food. I get that. I do think like, people say, I'm really, you know, I don't know. I mean, season? Ecclesiastes talks about that. Thank you. There's a rhythm say, to yeah. our faith and that for everything, there is a season. But and- can we use another word? I mean, there's a lot of words in the Bible that we don't necessarily want to keep using all the time. Like what, no, I, I have I have thought about this too, and I can't come up with another word, so I'm still seasoning everybody. But yeah, like so, a good so Christian Annie, eater should. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Annie F. Downs, what words do you think should be canceled from the Bible in your one. version? Oh. Wait, wait. It's talking about weather. I thought when someone say I'm in a difficult season right now, it's like, oh, you're kind of like in an oregano thing right now. Like, <laughs> yeah, like no, it's raining a lot. Oh, yeah, it makes a lot more sense right. because I you honestly, bet a little too hard on turmeric, and it just yeah. you. <laughs> and you have regrets <laughs> about it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Jonathan said, let's retire the phrase love on people. Just stop it. It's creepy. Sincerely a youth pastor. Jonathan, hundred percent true. I, 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 there may have been a point in the nineties when it worked, but now it is just a, it's a red flag. Mm -hmm. I mean, there was several people who said that same thing. Like in children's ministry, I don't want you loving on my children. You know, that kind of, it was like, it was, yeah, a lot of people said that one. Or or Michael, Michael wants (laughs) do life. Let's do life together. Oh, that yeah. That needs to go. I can get behind that. Classic. Yeah. yeah. yeah I, I That's meeting at that. the coffee shop, just chatting, doing some life together. Yeah. Just yeah, li- no, living on air and more. Just hanging out with Yeah, Neil, let's go do life together designer, on air and more. Just doing, just doing life on air You want to get a ring by spring. You want to give a ring by spring. Make that offer. Let's go live life. Let's go do life together on air and more. On an <laughs> island all to ourselves. Air and more sounds like the fictional kingdom from some Disney princess movie, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, David did a good one. David said, I'd like to cancel people acting like the fact that they like Starbucks, Chick-fil-A or Beyonce is like is important. He said dogs are interested in that as well. We all like those things, which I think is a funny one. People posting that they're like super into Chick-fil-A. You're like, what human being outside of, you know, Texas isn't into Chick-fil-A. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We all Uh, appreciate Beyonce. A little bonus editorial question of the week. On Friday, you know, Friday's show, we got talking about, um, I don't know how we got talking about it, but if George W. Bush shot a TV channel on his ranch, it would clearly be called Bushwhack TV. And all the the interview shows that he would have, like he would, like George W. Bush. I can't believe you're doing this again. Painting portraits while interviewing a friend who's also painting a portrait and they're just chatting while they paint. So it's kind of Bob Ross meets, you know, long form interview, you know, stuff like that. You know, one of the bachelor does, one of the bachelor guys does that. He paints paintings like Bob Ross without a shirt on. Is, is his show called, is his show called Curious George? Does he have a show called For the W? I can't believe Uh, it. Because these are shows on Bushwhack TV. So I'm supposed to stop this. On, uh, on, uh, on Friday, 
you guys went rogue and did your own question of the week on Twitter and started pitching shows you'd like to see on Bushwhack TV. So uh, here's a few of those replies. Okay. <laughs> well, Jimmy, Jimmy had, I wonder, he had three and I will read all three of Jimmy's. One is called Mission Accomplished. It's like Fixer Upper, but W visits unfinished products and houses and says they're done. <laughs> <laughs> Mission Accomplished. Well done. Jimmy also said, obviously, there's a Dick Cheney hunting show. <laughs> David said, ambushed, ambushed. It's the reality show where the Bush family sits down in an intervention situation to help people with their odd addictions. Ambushed. <laughs> Good one. Uh, <laughs> Annie and I are just not a part of this. Yeah, we're just we're just, we're just sitting just back and letting y'all do this. Conscientious objector. Jimmy yeah, also I'm a said conscientious objector. This happening. is this is a deep cut from you know people who kept up with the news cycle and the Bush administration. A show where you dodge shoes called Soul Survivor. <laughs> but dodge it's S O L. Like wow, yeah, that's good. I love right. it. I love uh, there's a bunch. Okay, that's it for last week's feedback. There's a lot more where that came from. Go check it out online. Uh, it's time for editorial question of the week. Hey. All right. Well, it's full on summer, summer break. Uh, if you're in college, you're, you're not, uh, if, if, you know, if you're a parent, your kids are out and it's the time that people travel and, yeah, and kids right. get shuffled off to camp, youth, youth camps, church camps, summer camps. And, uh, it got us thinking, Vacation Bible School. Oh, yeah. Classic. About our summer camp memories. For this week's question of the week, we want to know your funniest, craziest, maybe most traumatic. No, no, not that one. I was at, no, but I was at Vacation Bible School one time and we ate a fellow Christian. It was weird. I don't know why we did it. I regret it. I regret no, it, but we that know taste your, has never left my mouth. <laughs> we want to know your uh, funniest, most memorable, or, you know, or biggest disaster summer camp stories. Hit us up on Twitter at Relevant Podcast or post your longer ones on the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com. Man, I'll tell you mine. I was at Camp Silver Paddle, which was a YMCA <laughs> camp. <laughs> that sounds like something out of an 80s. Okay, Camp Silver Paddle is literally one out of an 80s movie where, yeah, where you're with the ragtag team and oh, you get picked on by the rich campers across the yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm wearing That's, corduroy shorts and a t-shirt that has the Camp Silver Paddle logo with like the red rings around oh the like the gosh. arm and the neck. Like It's and, and straight like, 80s. And, the, and then, oh, the preppy wow. rich kids from across the lake like throw things at you guys and yell insults at you all summer oh, to yeah. you prepare Camp your Silver revenge. Yeah. But, but um, there was a uh, there was a morning kids show like a local TV show on at the time that was objectively terrible but as a kid it was amazing and this like lady and this really like a uh, real junky kind of robot would co-host it together and so the robot oh was gosh. just like some guy moving a real ju- I mean it was really junky but would have this robot voice well they came and did an on location <laughs> uh, like segment at Camp Silver Paddle and in in my life, I mean, if Beyonce strolled through the front door like with Jay Z and uh-huh. with you know the Obama family, I'd never be more excited to see anyone than I was to see that robot at Camp Silver Battle. And that's as good as it. I mean, that was the highlight of maybe that my peak. whole life. That that peak. Oh. It's all been downhill since that day. Oh yeah, <laughs> nine year old Eddie was in his zone. Yeah. Wow. Well, I've told it's not really. I think I've told this story numerous times, but it's it's not a Christian camp. But it was like a Christian outing when I was in high school. We I went to like uh, like a Baptist high school, and for senior trip that year, I don't know if you guys had senior trips. We went on a Christian cruise, and the Christian tru- cruise was like eighty percent elderly people, and the other twenty percent were Christian high, you know, like Christian school students on on a trip. Anyway, 
there, I, there was a talent show that my friends like dared me to like sign up for and do really bad stand up comedy. And I thought it'd be hilarious, you know, just tell really bad jokes. But the audience that night was 99% old people and literally every other act was old people singing gospel hymns together. I was the only non singer to be in this talent show and like unintentionally bombing got real awkward when the host of the evening, the MC was a woman named Geraldine and her puppet, Ricky. They were so (laughs) freaking mean to me in front of those old people. Like they started heckling me and getting real personal. Like Geraldine, that, that that Ricky has a mouth on him and the old people would just love to see in a puppet, put some punk high schoolers place. I, my school made me write a letter of apology to the cruise line. For that. I, I, summer camps, um, <laughs> our summer camp had a had a like youth camp had like a talent show on the last night and stuff like yeah. that. I didn't participate, but I remember seeing it. But can we also ask everyone to tell us what they would do with a life size stuffed elephant stuffed <laughs> animal? I just want to know. Wait, wait, what do and you mean? What would meat. they do? No, it's not a, it's not an elephant that we have killed. It is a stuffed yeah. animal shaped like an elephant. Like a plush. That is life like, size. like it's furry, like plush. Yes. It's not. Yeah. What, what, yes, we're what not is talking about killing an endangered species. Any, give us an example. But, what is one but, thing you would do with that elephant? Well, I'm mostly looking at Eddie because Eddie is in this very fancy house behind him. And I keep thinking, how funny would that be if there was a life-size stuffed animal elephant in that living room? Yeah. You're the just kids missing. would be playing on it. I hear what you're saying, but you're missing like where, how many storage containers do we need for all that meat? Like where does the meat go? I think I would use it again in a stuffed animal situation. I think I would use the trunk. Like, um, I would sit in the trunk like Dumbo does in his mama's trunk. No, the only, the only reasonable thing to do with something like that is to carve out the middle and make it your own Trojan horse type of thing. So let's say, let's say, let's say you got a meeting with a publisher, right? And the meeting goes well. So you think, but you're like, I got to hear what they're saying about me after the meeting. So the meeting ends, you know, oh, nice to meet you, Annie. We'll be in touch. Oh, you know, Uh uh know, Annie leaves. All of a sudden there's a ring knock at the door and they're like, look, a giant stuffed elephant. Someone sent us for appreciation. They love our books. Little do they know. Annie has crawled inside and will be sleeping there and listening for people who talk about her like a Trojan. You could you would do that, right, Annie? I mean, that's a reasonable thing to do with a stuffed elephant. Yes, for I sure. Know. I would hide in it like a Trojan horse. I don't know what else one would do with it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. A, I think that's the Trojan culmination horse. of that. That's that question. We will find <laughs> out. We will find out. I guess so. All right. Uh, well, many thanks to Tim Tebow for joining us. Remember, his new film, Run the Race, is out now. Also, thanks to Samaritan Ministries for making the episode possible. If you'd like to learn more about how you can be part of this ministry helping each other with health care, visit SamaritanMinistries.org slash relevant. Oh, hey, and while you're uh, online this week, head over to the old Relevance store. We've been updating the podcast section with some Bushwhack TV memorabilia if you'd like to acquire any of <laughs> Limited run. Limited run. Limited run. Bush, yeah. Bushwhack TV. I'm going to um, try to make it as limited as possible. <laughs> you can okay. find it at store.relevantmagazine.com. I think Annie just issued a threat for some reason. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, you heard it correctly. You're going to see an un- unbelievable amount of that merchandise shipped to the middle of Texas, to a ranch in the middle of Texas. <laughs> right. Man, I like this idea. Ooh, I love it. I love it. <laughs> I'm on board. I actually, when I was making the logo, I was like, this, this looks like an actual TV station George Bush would be part of. Like, <laughs> it really, like, does. It really and, does. And I honestly think if, if somehow it made it to him, he'd be like, I am in. I'm, I'm in. in. I'm in. Yeah. Yeah. We're not doing this. <laughs> 
I, I, I'm them. thinking maybe this week I should make some Andy Cineo merch, but he may not like that. <laughs> yeah, you may have to yeah. run that by the actual person. <laughs> the actual person, yeah. All right. Nah, well, it's better to ask forgiveness and permission. We all know that, Andy. Uh, on that note, we'll wrap things up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Clark Flippo. I'm Jesse Carey. I'm Eddie Koffeltz. And I'm Annie F. Downs. We'll see you on Friday. Have a great week, everyone. Thank you for listening to The Relevant Podcast. If you like what you heard, be sure to leave us a review on iTunes. Check out other shows from The Relevant Podcast Network in the podcast section at relevantmagazine.com. And while you're there, browse exclusive podcast merchandise at our online store. Make sure to subscribe to Relevant Magazine. Info is available at relevantmagazine.com forward slash subscribe. reminisce about the days growing up and the first person you kiss. And as I think back makes me wonder how the smell from a grill can spark up nostalgia. All the kids playing out front, little boys messing around with the girls playing double dutch. While the DJ spinning a tune as the old folks dance at your family reunion. You have two options. Make that left hand learn to write or start liquefying your lunch. Relevant Podcast Network.